Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, May 8th, 2023. It's about 11 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast of the United States. Ray McGovern joins us for his weekly Monday session with us. Ray, always a pleasure. Thank you very much uh, for uh, for joining us. Uh, I want to run a clip uh, for you which shows uh, President uh, Zelensky giving a, a highly uh, produced uh, talk. We're only going to run about uh, 30 seconds of it. Uh, vowing uh, a victory that will be appreciated by Ukraine, by Europe, and by all freedom-loving peoples uh, in the West. Uh, Take a listen and let me know what you think of it. We fight now so that no one ever again enslaves other nations and destroys other countries. And all those old evils that modern Russia is bringing back will be defeated just as Nazism was defeated. We will rebuild what was destroyed, and together we will protect it all. We do not yet know the date of our victory, but we know that it will be a holiday for all of Ukraine, for all of Europe, for all of the entire free world. Does he need to rally uh, his country or his troops or his intelligence community behind him with something as highly produced as that, while bombs are dropping over Kyiv? The judge, he's an actor. There's a supremely uh, good act of somebody who's defending their country till the end. And a few weeks he'll be in Cyprus in his villa and uh, the Ukrainian people will be uh, left to their own devices. I mean, you have to remember that he's just playing a role. And, uh, you know, the important thing is, is what people like John Kirby, of all people, uh, the White House national security spokesperson says, We've given Ukraine 98% of what they need. We've done our part. Now it's up to them to see how they can do. Well, most credible people believe they can't do. Most credible people say that the next couple of months is going to be a disaster for the Ukrainian army or what's left of it. So will the U.S. then be in the position to say, well, we did everything we could, you know, let's make the best deal we can. I think that's likely, and I think the Chinese might might actually be able to play a helpful role in uh, in brokering this kind of deal. When, when you say the Chinese might be able to play a helpful role in brokering this kind of deal, Ray, what what do you mean? Sort of a, a standstill, a, a ceasefire uh, at the point where the two militaries <clears throat> currently are, and then negotiations going on supervised by or mediated by the Chinese while the ceasefire is being enforced? 
Yes, I refer to the miracle that China has just worked in the Middle East, with Iran and Saudi Arabia getting together. My God, who thought that would happen? Uh, Xi Jinping is sending a special representative around Europe to talk to the relevant people to persuade them, look, we need to have a ceasefire. We need to start talking and uh, we need to do the best deal we can. Gradually, when this counteroffensive by Ukraine either falls short, gets destroyed, or doesn't even happen, something else is going to happen. And with the whole world saying, hey, uh, the Pope, the Chinese, uh, even Lukashenko in, in Belarus, they all say we have a ceasefire and talks. Let's do it. I don't think that even Blinken, even with his blinkers on, so to speak, and <laughs> Sullivan and Nolan will be able to resist that kind of thing. Uh, you, you mentioned miracles in the Middle East. I mean, our, our colleague Larry Johnson reports uh, last night uh, that, um, sorry, our colleague Larry Johnson reports last night uh, that Syria has joined the Arab League, or the Arab League has admitted Syria uh, as a member. I mean, where does that put U.S. troops that are there fighting against President Assad? Like, that is really a, an American national security interest, but they've been there since uh, the George W. Bush days. Well, President Trump explained why they're there. They're for the oil. We get the oil. We take the oil. We, we take that oil. Uh, they're not going to be there very much longer, as you point out. The only uh, thing that I would have added to Larry's article is that you can't mention Syria without mentioning Israel. Now, why do we go into Syria in the first place? It's very simple. Uh, actually, in September, September 6th, you can look it up, New York Times, front page, lead article, Jody Ruderin. New York Times bureau chief in Jerusalem talks to the Israeli officials. She says, you know, all this stuff going on here with, with, the, with the, the insurgency and the counterinsurgency and the brutal dictator there in Damascus, what do you make of that? What's your preferred outcome? And uh, Alon Pincus, high level, senior, he used to be uh, head of the office, Israeli office in, in New York. Uh, he says, now, Jody, this doesn't sound very good, and I'm sorry, but our preferred outcome is no outcome. She said, uh, allons, uh, no outcome, what do you mean? She says, well, you know, this doesn't sound very good, but, but you know, as long as the Shia and Sunni are killing each other off, uh, as long as it keeps hemorrhaging, uh, we have nothing to fear from Syria. And she says, oh, and... Mirabili dicto, by some kind of miracle, the editors and the censors are all off in Southampton sipping martinis because it's Liberty Weekend, and she gets it on the front page of the New York Times. Now, that's the answer. That's, that's why Syria, Syria is no threat to us, and of course Syria is a, a, a pal of Iran at the time. So, now, so all I'm saying here is this is a real blow to Israel first and foremost, not so much to the U.S., they can protect those 200 troops up there in the north for a while and take some more oil before they, re before they take, take off and come back home. Um, there is circulating this morning the story of, in which it is alleged that a, a Russian hypersonic missile 
uh, destroyed a Ukrainian bunker 100 meters uh, below the earth. Uh, and in the bunker were American, British, and Polish military officers, including some uh, generals. The story suggests that it might be uh, a ruse. How do things like that get out there? Would something like this have been manufactured by the Ukraine uh, intelligence community? Would the CIA have looked the other way as this stuff uh, leaked out? I mean, if an American general, if an American general was killed in Ukraine, wouldn't we know about it? No matter how how quiet uh, the government wanted to keep it, not necessarily. Not for a while. This is very sensitive stuff. One way we know about this is from local Ukrainian sources, local newspapers and broadcasts in that very area, which talk about a you know, calamitous event on that day. Uh, you know, it bothers me that it hasn't been able to be confirmed yet. Uh, uh, nobody has stepped up and said, yeah, this is the case. But it's altogether possible this is in the far western reaches of Ukraine. Uh, they would have a bunker in Ukraine and there would be NATO officers in there, and these hypersonic Kinjal missiles are quite capable of penetrating that far and that deep. So I, I tend to believe it's a real situation uh, as, the, as the months go by and no generals come home in coffins, at least uh, through, uh, through Delaware, where they usually come home, then I'd begin to say, well, maybe it didn't happen. Whatever, that thing did hit, and there was damage. How many people survived or how many people were killed? Yeah, I just don't know. Over the uh, weekend, the Ukrainians claimed uh, that they shot down uh, a Russian hypersonic missile. Now, a hypersonic missile goes 10 times the speed of sound, almost <clears throat> an unimaginable speed. Is it possible the Ukrainians could have shot one down? Do they have uh, that equipment and the skills to do that? No. Simple answer to that is no. Uh, you know, the Ukrainians make all kinds of claims. I find it kind of interesting or ironic that one of their top generals is Illusioni. Illusioni, but it sounds very much like Illusioni. And a lot of things that he and other Ukrainians say are delusional or illusional, depending on how you define those terms. Hey, all right. Um, at the same time that uh, President uh, Zelensky uh, has said uh, we're going to kill the Nazi Russians, Russia vows to defeat the Nazi Ukrainians. So the Nazis are, are painting somebody with the brush of being a Nazi. It's obviously the boogeyman uh, in, uh, in Ukraine. Um, what is the significance of today? which is May 8, maybe May 9 already uh, in, in parts of Russia, for these kinds of you're a Nazi, no, you're a Nazi allegations to be made? Well, you have to start with the fact that uh, World War II, the end of World War II in Europe is a major, the major celebration in Russia now. Everyone, every family lost someone, okay? 26 million plus, okay? Wow. 26 million Russian human beings, military, civilian combined, died in World War II. Most people say 27 million. Uh, Putin has said 26 million plus. 
It's typical for him not to exaggerate, believe it or not. Anyhow, how many U.S. troops were killed? Not, not many U.S. civilians. How many? I think it's 440,000. Now, each of those troops, that's a tragedy. But you do the math, okay? 26 million against 440,000. It's a big deal. We have never experienced, except for Pearl Harbor, an attack or war on the, on the United States of America. The Russians all have. Now, that terrible event came at the hands of people called Nazis, all right? Germans. <laughs> and uh, there were people in Ukraine who are being honored and who have been, there are anniversary celebrations and statues erected to them. Bandera among them, who cooperated with the SS, who was in effect the arm of the SS, killed tens of thousands of Poles, Hungarians, Ukrainians, and some Russians, okay? Now, the Russians look on this and say, my God, what's going on here? These guys are very influential. When Zelensky became president, and he promised to have a better relationship with Russia, right? Remember that? He went out to the, to the Donbass, and he said, okay, I want to talk to the leading general out here. It was the Azov Battalion, the Nazi battalion. Just look, could you stop shelling the Donbass uh, for a while? We're trying to work a better relationship with Russia. And he looked at Zelensky and said, who the hell are you? And Zelensky said, I'm, I'm, I, I'm the president. Get out of here. And he got out of there. How do I know that? The Ukrainian press. Now, mm. so Zelensky is between a rock and a hard place. The hard place is the Nazis. The rock is Washington. He's not a free agent, but he's a terrific actor. Well, uh, I see over your uh, left shoulder uh, a book which I have read uh, on, on the bookshelf, not on your shelf. There it is. <laughs> called JFK and the Unspeakable, or words to that effect. Uh, it uh, argues and argues persuasively that the American intelligence community was largely responsible for his uh, assassination. Uh, a theory that has been out there for many years for a long time was considered uh, tinfoil hat type craziness. Now, over the past weekend, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the nephew of JFK, the son of Robert F. Kennedy, similarly uh, assassinated, has argued that both his uncle and his father were killed by, he didn't say the intelligence community, named the CIA directly. And rather than treat this as a tinfoil hat nonsense, the New York Times and other um, mainstream media have picked it up. A, what do you think of this theory? I can only imagine because that book is over your shoulder. Uh, B, why is the mainstream media picking it up now? And C, does this have, as we say in the media, legs? Is this more than just a two-day story? Well, let's pick uh, number two first, uh, which was... Uh, oh, let's go to the first one. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, now, the book is entirely credible. When you look at a good book, you look at the author, obviously. No access to grind. He's a Catholic worker, for God's sake, who set up a Catholic worker house in Birmingham, Alabama, and he works 
out of an office on the tracks of the railroad because that's the cheapest place to live. He's written lots of this kind of book. It was published uh, by uh, Dan Ellsberg's son, Robert Ellsberg, and it got a bunch of attention when Oliver Stone took it out to one of these talk shows and says, you got to read this book. Suffice it to say, it says, yeah, the CIA, uh, the, the top military who didn't want the communists to take over Vietnam, after all, uh, JFK had issued two executive orders to draw down troops from Vietnam before he was killed, okay? Now, one of the little factoids that I make people know is that exactly a month after the JFK assassination, President Truman wrote an op-ed appearing in the Washington Post. And he said, you know, I think it's time to rein in the CIA. Uh, it's not doing the kinds of things that I created it for, namely intelligence analysis without treatment. It's doing other things, okay? It was a it was a torrid sort of thing, exactly one month after the assassination. It appeared in the first edition of the Washington Post. There used to be two later editions, disappeared. Any other broadcast media or any other paper? No. In the Independent Sentinel or whatever it was in the Missouri, it was published. It completely, I mean, the press was onto it even then. Worst came to worst <laughs> with Alan Dulles, the previous head of the CIA, who had mousetrapped Kennedy into the Bay of Pigs fiasco, was appointed by President Johnson to be pretty much the head of the Warren Commission investigating the assassination. When people like me said, no, it's a little odd because a lot of people think the CIA may have been involved. After all, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence. You know what they said? That's a conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. Now, that's what gave that whole charge of conspiracy theory its legs, okay? Now, will this thing have legs? Um, it all depends on how much control the deep state can 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 exercise over the media. They've been immensely successful so far. Look at the Hunter Biden thing, for God's sake. Now, can if if JFK if Robert Kennedy Jr. can force this up and out and have decent people take another look at it, it's going to be very damning. Because why indeed? Is the CIA, why is the FBI refusing to declassify documents that by act of Congress should have been declassified three years ago? Why are they doing that? They, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but that they might have something to hide. Let, let me just jump in at this point on what you just said because of conversations which I've discussed publicly, as has he. So I'm not revealing any secrets. Conversations I had with President Trump when he was in the White House. So he called me uh, about two or three weeks before he left office to ask my opinion on some of the people he was about to pardon. And then I said, Mr. President, can I raise, after giving him my opinion on the pardons, uh, and I won't mention any of those names, but um, Mr. President, do you remember promising me personally and the American public that you would, before you leave the White House, open up the JFK assassination files. Yes, I do remember promising that. Well, you only have two weeks left. And he said to me, Judge, if you saw what I saw, 
you wouldn't open up those files either. And I said, what do you mean? He said, someday when we're talking together and there aren't 15 people listening, because he was calling me from the White House switchboard, I will tell you what I saw. And then we ended the uh, conversation. What could he have seen? He, he could have seen the truth. He could have seen the plotting. It all fits together very nicely. This book is based on, on all the evidence up to date. That's about 15 years ago. But there's secret evidence uh, in CIA cables and FBI cables and so forth. It's got to be there. Otherwise, they would release it. So the, the teaching point I take from this judge is that the presidents of the United States, including Donald Trump, are too afraid to do what they can do on their own authority. That's big. Who's running this country? The people who, who are successful in preventing the president from doing what he is not only entitled to do by law, but required to do, okay? Now, when Trump got up about four years ago and said, today is the day by act of Congress, I have to release these documents uh, having to do with the Kennedy assassination. Uh, it was odd because five hours later, he got up before the same microphone and he said, and this is a quote, I've just talked to the FBI and the CIA. They, they say we can't release these documents. And, and so we're going to push it back six months which is technically within the president's prerogative to do, okay? So McGovern makes a little note in six months, you know, six months he asks a question. Nobody remembers. Nobody wants to ask. They're afraid. And they have good reason to be afraid. And that's what Bobby Kennedy Jr. is trying to get at. Who, who would feel more strongly about getting to the truth on this than the nephew of JFK? and the son of Bobby Kennedy. So I, I do think it will have legs. Uh, how, how soon the media can cut Bobby off at the legs remains to be seen, but they're already pretty, doing a pretty good smear job on him, uh, you know, raising this stuff about uh, vaccinations and all this business. It doesn't really matter. What they should do is cue in on what his uncle said at American University Almost exactly, what is it, 63, do the math, June 63. We had, should have a decent relationship with Russia. My God, we almost blew up the whole world. Let's work together because humanity should be served by responsible statespeople. That's what is, that's in a nutshell, what his uncle said. And if he runs on that kind of platform, I dare say if he gets a modicum of coverage in the media, he has a good chance of displacing this benighted view that we could still be, you know, the indispensable country in the world. Wow. Fascinating stuff, Ray. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for joining us at, at these Monday mornings with you are absolutely spectacular. In fact, I'm so addicted to them. We might have to throw in an occasional Thursday afternoon just to uh, feed my, <laughs> to sate my appetite. Uh, and of course, uh, the judging freedom audience, loves your uh, wisdom as well. Thanks for joining us. You're most welcome. Boy, if you like that, like and subscribe. We're approaching 150,000 subscribers. I think we can reach that number by the end of the week with your help. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom. <laughs>